Welcome to the Old Bridge Baptist Church podcast. We hope you find the following sermon to be edifying for your walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page. You can also visit our website at obb.church for more info. Now here's the sermon. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Nehemiah. It's right after First and Second Chronicles, and then Ezra, and then Nehemiah. Let's pray. Father, with our Bibles opened, uh, we come to you asking that you would teach us, that you would challenge us and encourage us that you would help us to set our minds on you. Uh, For those that have a lot going on, and that's probably all of us, help us to uh, cast our cares upon you, uh, that we could uh, not worry, and that we could trust you, which we can, because you have never, ever failed. So you are good, even in the midst of trials. And uh, so I pray that you would help all of us to focus upon you and that you would give us your peace and that you would teach us now. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the love that is present, for the word that is uh, an authority, that Christ, you are supreme, and that there is uh, good fellowship. So I pray that you would bless um, Old Bridge Baptist in their search for um, a pastor. Thank you for their good reputation, their mission-mindedness, And I pray that you would encourage them in Jesus' name. Amen. What is, uh, what would characterize your life? What would somebody say are the characteristics? They had to pick, say, four priorities. Um, So if I were to look, I pick on my wife because I don't know anybody good enough here, right? So if I were to say, what are Stephanie's four priorities? priorities. Um, What do you think are your own priorities? And then really, probably what matters is what do other people say that they think are your priorities? Because they probably are a little bit more maybe honest with you and accurate um, at what they see. So when, um, when our children would have a birthday, one of the things that my wife would do is that she would put uh, whatever characterizes them on the kitchen table in the morning when they would wake up. So she'd have a plate, say, would say, happy birthday, Carissa. I'll use Carissa because that's our one girl that's going to be getting married on June 5th. So please pray for June 5th, our first wedding. We have five kids, uh, so she's getting married. So she would have Carissa on a plate, you know, happy, whatever, 15th birthday. And then she would place different things on the table. Maybe it would be a, uh, a high school yearbook, a soccer ball, Um, so when it was when it was my birthday, I think she had the the children do it. So when it was my birthday, I think they put like a soccer ball because a lot of the ministry that we do has a soccer ball, probably a picture of the family, maybe some uh, chocolate, something like that, and um, and that was great. But what the convicting part was is when they had my when when it was Stephanie's birthday. And the kids decorated the table. What they put front and center 
was the Bible. The Bible was right in the front of the right in front of the plate that said happy birthday mom. That was the Bible. For the pastor of the family, there was no Bible on the table. Okay? So I say that not in a, in a self-deprecating manner, but what I say is that characterizes her, and they know that because she's always reading it, right? And I'm not sitting here to, to, to I, I'm using that as an example. Like, what are the priorities that people see in your life? They're going to say, this is the top four of this person. So we're going to look at, Nehemiah, we're going to look at four characteristics of Nehemiah today. That's going to be the whole, uh, the whole message. We're going to kind of scan the whole book, right? I had you uh, listen to a chapter in the Old Testament reading. That was the first chapter of Nehemiah. But we're going to look at Nehemiah. We're going to look at four characteristics of his life. Nehemiah was an ordinary guy. He had no, if you look through the book of Nehemiah, he wasn't from this lineage, this kingly lineage. He was an ordinary guy. And what God desires to do with all of us, because most of us, I would say, are pretty ordinary, right? God wants to take ordinary people, wants to fill them with his spirit, give them the gifts that he wants to give them, spiritual gifts, and he wants to do extraordinary things. We don't need to be extraordinary in and of ourselves because we're not. Yes, we're God's children. That is great. But we serve an extraordinary God. And that was what Nehemiah was, an ordinary guy that submitted himself to the Lord and that God did extraordinary things with. So we're going to look at four characteristics, if I can battle through the, uh, the wind here. So in the book of Nehemiah, first of all, this, isn't, this is not a rhetorical question now. So in the, uh, when, the, when, the, when the children of God were in their, um, in their land, were they always obedient? No, right? Was God pretty patient with them in their disobedience? Yes. But what did God eventually do because they disobeyed so much? In his love, in his disciplined love, which he loves us, what did he eventually do to the people in the land? Scattered them, right? He exiled them, right? And they were exiled for 70 years, all right? And then they came back to the land. Um, in God's mercy, he brought them back to the land in 70 years. So Nehemiah... Okay, Nehemiah was in Persia at the time. He was a cupbearer to the king. He had a burden for his land. And the people had already come back and started to rebuild there in Jerusalem. And then he had a burden for the walls to be rebuilt for the glory of God. And that's the context that you see really in this book of Nehemiah of what, of what is happening. So let's look, first of all, characteristic number one in Nehemiah's life. is that he had a correct perspective. He knew who his God was, and therefore he knew who he was. Did you ever see that bumper sticker? Like, there is a God and you are not him? Has anybody ever seen that? So Nehemiah knew who his God was, and therefore he knew who he was. If we're going to have a correct self-perspective, we need to understand and have a correct God perspective. Let me read some of the verses that are throughout the book of Nehemiah. You don't have to turn there, but just listen to these verses where we see his correct perspective. Chapter 1, verse 5, he says, O God of heaven, the great and awesome God who preserves the covenant and loving kindness for those who love him. Chapter 2, verse 4, O God of heaven. Chapter 2, verse 20, O God of heaven. Chapter 4, verse 14, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. 
chapter 13, verse 22, have compassion on me according to the greatness of thy loving kindness. Nehemiah had a correct God perspective. He understood Psalm 8. He understood David's Psalm and Psalm 8. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. For the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength. That's the God perspective. Then look what David says. When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? Another one of Paul's passages, Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of earth. Isaiah 26, 3, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. When we have a correct God perspective, we will then naturally start to have a correct self-perspective. At the end, in, in Nehemiah chapter 6, um, when the wall was built, look at Nehemiah's reaction. We see a God perspective, and then we see a correct self-perspective. says, So the wall was completed by the 25th of the month of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard of it and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence for they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. So, the, so he goes there to help rebuild the walls. The, rebuild, the walls are rebuilt. And what does he do? Because he has the correct perspective, does he make himself, listen, I'm pretty important. I'm Nehemiah. I helped rebuild the walls. You don't hear that at all. You hear, look. These walls were rebuilt, and our enemies and the other countries see this, and that makes God awesome. He is the one who has done it. He has a correct God perspective, which leads to a correct self perspective. All right, so I have Angelo. Come on up here. I'm asking Angelo to help me with something. We'll see if this works. Come on over here. We got trees. I didn't account for all these trees here. All right, so... What I want you to do, I want you to put your fingers underneath here, okay? Right like that. And all I want you to do is I want you to try to balance it, but I want you to look down there, all right? I'll catch it if it starts to fall. So look down, try to balance it. All right, try again, look down, try to balance it. Okay, now, I want you to hold your hands underneath there. Take a look up there and look at that, look at that top there, okay? Mm -hmm. Alright, try. Alright, try again. Okay, look at the top thing there. Okay. Alright. Alright. Good job. Good job. Very good. Thank you. Okay, so now you see my youth pastor days. So I did the youth pastor thing for like 15 years. Right? And very easy object lesson for us to understand. Where do we need to keep our eyes? We need to keep our eyes on the Lord. Now, does that mean that we just like keep our head in the sky and don't do anything for the Lord? I'm not saying that. I'm saying what the Bible talks about is set our mind on the things above. What do we think about? Who are we going to trust? Him or ourselves? We need to trust the Lord. Okay? And that helps us to remain humble which leads us to our second characteristic of Nehemiah, and that he was a person that was continually in prayer. Continually in prayer. You're not going to be in prayer if you don't have a correct God perspective. If it's all about you, you're not going to be in prayer because you don't need God. 
So when we have a correct God perspective, it leads to a self-correct self perspective, which then leads to a life of prayer, which is the second characteristic of Nehemiah, continually in prayer. In the first chapter, again, which you had heard, we see Nehemiah praying almost the entire chapter. Right? He almost prayed through that entire chapter. Again, you don't have to turn there, but when we look in uh, 11 times throughout the book, we see Nehemiah turning to prayer quickly. Chapter 2, verse 4, so I prayed to the God of heaven. Chapter 6, verse 9, when facing opposition to rebuild for all the men were trying to frighten us, thinking they will become discouraged with the work and that it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. Throughout the book of Nehemiah, you see him continually turning to prayer. Not just there is a time for contemplative, meditative prayer. I'm not even talking about that with Nehemiah. This is as he's walking, as he's working, that he focuses on God and talks to God and asks God and prays to God. He understands 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So if you're wondering, what is God's will? There's a lot of things that we know are God's will. And one of them is that we pray, that we continually pray about everything. You might not understand everything about prayer, and that's okay. But he still asks us to pray. One of the characteristics of Nehemiah. We see that also Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We see it in uh, Ephesians 6, 12, which Nehemiah understood this very well. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world's forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Look how Paul finishes that. Down a few verses, verse 18. With all prayer... And petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints, and pray. I'm not sure how much time there is in between all of this, what other things that we are to do, but he says pray at all times, right? And he says pray without ceasing, and we really see that in the life of Nehemiah. We see a person who has a God perspective, a correct self perspective, and then he's humbly on his knees before the Lord, asking for the Lord to work. He's continually in prayer. So, Stephanie and I were it's probably about 12 years ago, maybe maybe a little bit more. So we are uh, have, we were married for 10, 12 years, had five children. We were involved with the ministry we were busy, and um, we're not perfect. And what started to happen was we started to have some pretty good, I would say, fights, right? Is, this, is, the, is the nice spiritual word disagreements? We weren't having disagreements. We were having fights, okay? So it was not a good scene. Five kids, stressed, not that much money, doing ministry, raising the kids. You know, recipe for disaster, right? Satan knowing that you're doing a ministry and he wants to dress. So a lot of disagreements to the point of where you're like, this is too many disagreements. 
right? So what did we do? We humbled ourselves and we sought some advice from some good Christian couples and uh, talked to them for a while. And then, independently of each other, we came, we came together and we said, you know what we need to do? We might not be the perfect parents or have a perfect marriage, but we got to pray. We need to pray together. Every single day, we need to pray together. So starting at that point, and I will say that my wife is even more diligently, because when I hit the pillow, I want to go out, right? We pray every single night or day or driving together since that point. I would, do we have a perfect marriage? No, but we have a great marriage. Our, we, have, we have blessed children. Ministry is, is, is going well. Not, that's for, you know, for the glory of the Lord. That's part of, part of uh, uh, our testimony is just that as couples, you need to pray together. Um, as churches, we need to pray together. I mean, that needs to be a characteristic um, in our lives. And we, for, for, the, for God's glory, we share that story as we minister to uh, premarital unmarried couples. Are you praying together? And generally the answer is no. So we encourage you to, uh, to pray together because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood and the evil one wants to destroy us and we need to humble ourselves and come before him, him and pray. Characteristic number three uh, in Nehemiah's life is that he was connected to God's power. Connected to God's power. So we see correct perspective. We see continuous continually in prayer and then the third thing is connected to god power god's power i want to so in john chapter 15 which was read we'll call that like abiding okay where where you see um the vine and the branches they're connected and they bear fruit in other words it says that you abide in the lord so we really see this in nehemiah we see him connected we don't see the words abiding but look at the words that we see here so in chapter 2 verse 8 it says the king granted them to me because the good hand of my God was on me. Very Old Testament language here of, of the Spirit of God on, of, of being connected to the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 12, And I arose in the night, and a few men with me. I did not tell anyone what my God was putting in my heart. Chapter 2, verse 18, How the hand of my God had been favorable to me. Chapter 7, verse 5, then God put it into my heart. Okay, so this is language that is very similar to John 15 with abiding and staying connected. And because Nehemiah stayed connected, this is what he was able to do. He quickly prayed. He was courageous and approached the king. He stood up to opposition who wanted to stop the wall from being built. He was alert to those who were trying to trick him. He admonished the people to keep working. He was compassionate on all people. He used wisdom and how to divide up the people to build the wall. He was strong to rebuke the people when they sinned, and he knew how to govern the people. He wasn't going to be able to do those things unless he was connected to the Lord and he had God's wisdom and he had God's power. He understood Zechariah 4.6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He understood John 15.5 which we wrote, apart from me, you can do nothing. He understood, which I had preached the last time I was here, Colossians 1.29, that he labored and strived according to the mighty power that was within him. 
Nehemiah stayed connected to the Lord. We went to, uh, Stephanie's family is from Indiana, and we enjoy Thanksgivings in Indiana. And sorry for all the, the, the kid illustrations today, but my son was outside playing football. He was about seven years old. He was playing out in the front yard at my in-law's house, and a bunch of the neighbors came over, the boys, and they were bigger than him, and they enjoyed playing football together. But I was watching from the window, like probably like the church window out there, looking over, and my boy was getting crushed, right? Continually crushed. First of all, he's a pretty small guy. These guys were bigger. They enjoyed tackling him, watching him get hit. So what is a dad going to do when he's up there in the window watching this, watching this, right? These guys were only now, I'll give them a break. They were probably 10, 9, whatever. They're not thinking that they're hurting somebody here. But so come out and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to play football with you guys. Let's go. So Kenny's on my team. So I'm like, listen, this is all I want you to do. I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to hand it to you behind me. You're going to stay right next to me, and we're just going to go right through, right? So just stay right behind me. So ready, set, you know, hike. Hand Kenny the ball. Follows behind me. I get to crush little 9- and 10-year-olds, right? So I'm probably like, uh, I'm probably still in my 30s at the time. So I'm like, yeah, let's go Kenny's like yeah. right so not only do we do it once but we like I don't know let's make this like three touchdowns in a row all right they get the ball they start to do it I'll intercept the ball okay our ball let's go Kenny same play ready get behind me here we go so what the Lord what that is is the Lord does not want us to run independent of him right we got the Lord on our side, great and awesome God on our side. He wants us to follow him. But what we like to do, okay, is, you know, maybe I'll take this path over here, right? Follow the Lord. One of Nehemiah's characteristics, correct perspective, continually in prayer, staying connected to our Heavenly Father. We, we have independent streaks, right, when we won't want to walk in the, in the Spirit. So let's... Let's limit and confess our independent streaks. The last characteristic here is that Nehemiah had clarity of purpose. Clarity of purpose. He clearly knew why he was doing what he was doing, and he was doing it for the glory of God. Right in the beginning, when he found out that the walls were broken down, he was burdened for, Jeruse for Jerusalem to be rebuilt for the glory of God. Then the walls were rebuilt, and I, I, I read this before in, in verse 16. Listen to, these, listen to these two verses. When all of our enemies heard of it, and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence, for they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. What did the nation see? That God was at work, not Nehemiah. He was not pointing to himself. Chapter 12, verse 43. And on that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced because God had given them great joy. God had given them great joy. Even the women and the children were rejoicing so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard from afar off. Okay, the glory of God was being magnified. There was one time we went to a, a marriage conference. Anybody know John Piper? So we went to a, a marriage conference. John Piper was one of the speakers. All these different speakers spoke on marriage. And then it was John Piper's time to speak. What do you think he spoke on? 
even though he was at a marriage conference, he didn't speak on marriage at all. What he spoke on was that our job is to glorify the Lord. And they said, if you glorify the Lord, your marriage is going to be fine. Right? So it was really funny that you go through a marriage conference. He was the most popular speaker the whole time. I don't even think he mentioned the word marriage. What he mentioned was that we need to honor and glorify the Lord in what we do. And when we do that, we'll have uh, everything will line up. A good friend of mine who uh, used to work at Calvary Christian Schools, we called him Mr. Luis. Mr. Luis worked for the United Nations. He worked at different embassies. Uh, great guy. Later, uh, after he retired from there, he came and he helped at the school, mainly, mainly doing custodial work at the school. But what he would do each morning, just kind of like I think there's a movie that does this, where the custodian guy goes around and prayed for each locker. Every locker that he came to, he would stop in the morning before school started, and he would pray for the students. And I share that story because he was in the United Nations, he worked in Israel, he worked in different embassies. What did he do in those situations with a high platform? He honored and glorified the Lord. What did he do when he was a custodian and nobody even knew what he did, and he was kind of done before anybody was around? He was honoring and glorifying the Lord in his role that he had. And that was to pray for the students and to keep the school clean and healthy for the kids. So wherever you are, in whatever situation you're in, as they would say, bloom where you're planted. Right? Honor the Lord. Glorify the Lord in the, uh, with your gifts in the church or the situation or the workplace or your family place um, that God has for you. Okay? Honor the Lord in that situation. As Nehemiah, correct perspective, continually in prayer staying connected, and clarity of our focus. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, for, uh, thank you for this time. Thank you for the beautiful day that you've given to us. We do pray for rain. Uh, we need some rain, but we are, are grateful for your goodness and how we can uh, see you and honor you out in the public and in your creation. We thank you for that. We thank you for the life of Nehemiah. Uh, for this passage now, we pray that you would uh, encourage our hearts through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old Bridge Baptist Church. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on the platform that you're currently listening on. We appreciate your support, and we hope you have a God-blessed day.